G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In 1829, a man by the name of George Wilson held up the United States Mail Service, killing a man in the process. Wilson was caught and brought to trial. There was enough evidence to convict him of the crime, and he was sentenced to death by hanging. Some of his friends, however, intervened before the president, Andrew Jackson, and Wilson was pardoned. To the absolute amazement of all, George Wilson refused to accept the pardon. The sheriff was in a dilemma. What should he do? Could he execute a pardoned man when the convicted criminal did not receive the pardon? The case was handed over to the US Supreme Court to decide. The Chief Justice ruled that a pardon is a legal piece of paper that was only validated by its acceptance. If it was not accepted, then it was no longer a pardon. By its very nature, a pardon comes into force the moment it is received. George Wilson was executed by hanging while his pardon lay on the desk of the sheriff. That's incredible. But what's more amazing is that many, having heard the wonderful account of God's way of salvation, refuse God's offer of forgiveness and justification. I hope you won't be one of those people. If you haven't already done so, receive God's pardon today. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello, Phil's my name, and today author and pastor Ken Legg and I are asking the question, are you sure? How to be sure you have peace with God? And what an incredible story. It's almost unfathomable that George Wilson would refuse to accept the pardon that he was granted. Maybe it was his pride. Maybe he was just plain stubborn. But Ken, as you say, what's more amazing is that some have that kind of attitude toward the gospel. Yes, when I'm sharing the gospel, I often ask the question, why wouldn't you receive salvation in Christ? It's a free gift. What have you got to lose? You've got everything to gain, but nothing to lose. And that's the wonder of the gospel. It's an incredible unfair advantage in our favor. I call it the great exchange, Phil, and and I'm not the first one to call it that. You know, religious tells us that the way to be accepted by God is to change, but God tells us the way of acceptance is not change, but exchange. When Jesus died upon the cross, a great exchange took place. Our sin was imputed to him. He suffered his penalty. But in exchange, we receive his righteousness. And Paul puts it this way. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, that's an astonishing deal. Uh, Our sin for his righteousness. Well, why wouldn't you receive that? I know, it's incredible. And when we receive the righteousness of God in Christ, the Bible says we are justified. That is, God himself makes a declaration concerning us that we are righteous just as if I'd never sinned. I always like to remember that word like that way. Yeah, justification is a great word. It's more than pardon. It's a a legal term. Uh, If a person stands before a judge convicted of a, a crime, the judge might, you know, on compassionate grounds... Choose to pardon that person. Well, you've done it. You know, you've done this thing that you're accused of. You've been convicted, but we will pardon you this time. So pardon, if you like, acknowledges guilt, but extends mercy. But justification is different to this. When a person has been accused, the judge justifies him. And in doing that, he's declaring, hey, there's there's nothing that exists 
for a guilty verdict. There's no grounds that exist for a guilty verdict. So justification declares that the accused has a righteousness that meets all the demands of the law. In fact, it would be unrighteous to punish one who had been justified. So that leads to the question, how can God declare us to be righteous when he knows we've sinned against him? Mm-hmm. And the answer is that thing that we just talked about, Phil, the great exchange. God forgave our sin by imputing it to Christ. Uh, but also he's given his righteousness to us. That's the wonderful gospel message of the great exchange. He's fulfilled all righteousness and we stand before him justified in his sight. You know, Paul put it this way, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So justification is something that God does for us. You know, he declares us to be righteous. It's not about what we do, but what is it that we do in order to be in Christ, who is our righteousness? It's not something that automatically we get. It, we actually do need to do something, don't we? Yeah, the Bible says that we're saved by grace, that's what God does, through faith. So let's look at those two things. Um, first of all, grace. The word grace means unmerited favor. God's love for us at the cross was a free gift which was totally undeserved by us. There's nothing in us that brought it forth. It's, it's all in God. You know, God does not set his love upon us because we were lovely or lovable. In fact, the Bible says that we were his enemies at the time. We were living in rebellion. We were, as it were, shaking our fists in his face, defying his laws, breaking his laws and so on. But it was at that point that he poured out his loving kindness towards us. That's grace. Grace is the antithesis of works. Uh, That's what makes Christianity stand apart from any other religion. You know, religion is man trying to do something for God, to earn his favor, to, to, to earn his blessing, to merit it in some way, you know. Uh, and then, of course, it ends up boasting in, this is what I've done. Mm. Uh, but grace is the opposite. It never boasts in what we've done for God because we know that it's all of what he's done for us. So grace always glorifies God. And as you say, we receive that grace through faith. It's not a works thing. that We've got to do something. We just have to receive it, like that pardon was received or not in the story we heard before. Yes, it has to be received, and as you say, it's by faith. Uh, No one has ever been saved without believing the gospel. Uh, Reading or hearing the good message of salvation, uh, that won't save you. You know, you can say, oh, I know the gospel. I've read, you know, in in, in the Bible, I've read books about it, and Mm. and I know. Well, that's not going to save you. You've got to believe, which means to, to trust in Jesus Christ. You know, Paul said to one man, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And God has saved people from every kind of background. doesn't matter how sinful they are. You know, um, he's able to save to the uttermost. There's no one that's that you could say, well, that person has done too much. You know, they could never be saved. No, God has saved people from every kind of background, but he's never saved anyone who hasn't believed in him. Now, we all know that verse, that well-known, well-loved verse, John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that raises an interesting question, though. What does it really mean to believe? Well, I love to tell this story to illustrate that that um, that word believe. Uh, there's a story of uh, a missionary that was studying one day in a hut in Africa. He was in a remote village in Africa. And this messenger arrived from another village. Okay, so he'd been running for many, many miles. And um, he came into the missionary's hut. And he gave him the message. And after he'd done that, he noticed that there was a hammock strung between two trees. Of course, he was exhausted. It was weary. You know, he's weary. It was hot. 
And after he'd done what he'd come to do, which was to give the message, he slumped into the hammock. But as he did so, he mentioned a word that the missionary had never heard before. He asked him, he said, what did you say? And he said the word again. He said, what was that word? What does that mean? And he said, it means I'm resting all my weight here. Now, that was the word that the missionary was looking for to translate the word believe because he was translating the word, uh, sorry, the gospel of John. And as you know, the Mm. word believe is a very important word in that gospel. And, and, And so just as that man rested the full weight of himself in that hammock, so we rest the full weight of our sin in Christ. You know, we're trusting in him and in him alone for our salvation. And I guess we need to get to that point where it just becomes complete second nature. You sit on a chair, you don't even think about whether it's going to support you or not. You just yeah. assume that it will. Yeah. And of course, you know, we, we to, to strengthen our faith and to encourage us and to remind us that that's what, that's what we're doing. We, we sing songs about it. We sing hymns about it. I love that old hymn, Phil. I don't know if you still sing hymns. A lot of churches don't sing hymns nowadays. But that old hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, I stand yeah. All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. And that kind of helps us to um, confess it out loud. This is what I'm doing in my life. I haven't got a bob each way. (laughs) I've done some good works and I'm hoping they'll get me through. But if not, Jesus is my backup. No, that's not faith. You know, we're trusting entirely upon Jesus. We're resting the whole weight of our sin upon what he did at the cross. When he said, it's finished, he was saying, it's done. All you've got to do is believe in me. Rest the full weight of your life upon me. How to be sure you have peace with God. That's the subject for this week on Set Free. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.